Welcome to Life Church of Mobile's audio podcast. We hope that this teaching will challenge you in any season of life you may be in. Thanks for joining us and enjoy. Turn to Psalms chapter 9. Here we, here we go, guys. We're going to go into the, uh, the teaching segment now. So uh, let's go into, if you would, with me. Glory to God. Somebody say, I am blessed, I am blessed. and highly favored because the Lamb has overcome. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, I, I, I confess that. Listen, if you feel something coming on you during the day, let me tell you what's, what it is. It's me confessing that over you. I'm serious. I, I say, Father, I thank you that the people of Life Church are blessed and highly favored. That your spirit's working in their life. That they're walking in divine favor. Almighty God, King of kings and Lord of lords. So if you feel something on you, you know what it is. It's me <laughs> sometimes. But uh, if you will, turn with me to Psalms chapter 95 in this, in this season that we're in right now. And uh, somebody said, well, I wonder when it'll end. Well, you know, first of all, it's just starting. Let's don't talk about anything ending. It won't, listen, what's going on right now won't quit unless we quit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have, we have the privilege and the opportunity of coming in every time we're here and, and allowing our praise and worship to be lifted up before Almighty God. And so that's, that's not something that God's going to withdraw his presence is here when his people gather in his name and determine that they are going to focus on him. And so that's, that's, our, that's, the, that's the message of this hour. But in Psalm 95, I tell you what, I'll, I'll read the whole psalm to you. And then we want to go back and I want to say some things that I feel like God is bringing to us here in this house. Psalm 95 says this, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. I'm not going to be able to get through this thing without preaching. I can tell. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. How many of you know that's a great, great starting place? Come, let us sing to the Lord. That's why we've kind of revamped our Wednesday nights because we're just feeling like this is what God is saying. I mean, and my goodness, thank you, worship team, for this is awesome tonight. I mean, man, it helps me through my midweek. I'm I'm ready. You know, I'm energized by it. And, And I'm so grateful. It says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully. Let us shout reluctantly. Let us shout joyfully. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with griping and complaining. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let's be thankful. Let's come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout, there it is again, joyfully to him with psalms. We did that. For the Lord is a great God. Man, be here Sunday morning. I have a message stirring in my heart Sunday morning. And we're going to start off talking about, for just a minute, about the greatness of God. I'm going to show you a video of a testimony that will absolutely blow you away about the greatness of God. And then we're going to move on from there. Oh, Marcy, I hope they'll hold that plane for me Sunday afternoon. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) For the Lord is a great God. And a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry ground. Somebody, you know, something just came alive in me, Bob, right now. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. You know what that means? The gold and silver. Are you feeling that? Are you receiving that? It means the gold and silver are his. The bounty of them are his. Amen. Uh, 
Glory be to God. I've never seen that before. I hadn't thought about that before. Where are I? Where are, where are I at? The sea is his. He made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Are you seeing so many things in here that are happening in here right now? It's reflective right here in this one particular psalm. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. Boy, y'all underline that. He is our God. And we are the people of his pasture. And watch this. And we are the sheep of his hand. Uh, 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 the, real, the literal translation of that, and we are the sheep under his care. Amen. That's beautiful. Amen. We are the sheep under his care. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion and as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they proved me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Now there are three things I want to talk about to begin with in, these, in, in, in Psalms uh, 95 there. First of all, in verse 1 and 2, we have, as I've said, loud, exuberant praise and thanksgiving. Somebody say, pardon our noise. Pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. If you weren't here Sunday, you need to listen to the podcast. You'll understand that. Loud, exuberant praise. It says, let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That is the NIV. That's loud, exuberant praise and thanksgiving. The second thing is in verses 3 through 5 where the psalmist, where David then says, for, that gives us the reason for praise and thanksgiving. Listen, we thank God for what he does, but we praise him for who he is. We thank God for what he does, but we praise him for who he is. Listen, he says, for the Lord is great. He's a great God. And, I, and, and in Psalm 145, I believe it's about verse three, it says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We used to sing that in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness, beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Wow. I want you to say with me tonight, he's a great God. So his praise is related to his greatness. And Psalm 95 reminds us of what God did when it goes on and say, he's a great God because the sea is his. And everything in it. He says the sea is his and he made it. And not only that, but he formed the dry land. So let me establish one thing right here in the beginning. If you're going to have a, an encounter with the presence of God, like we're supposed to have an encounter with the presence of God, the first thing that we've got to deal with and the first thing that the psalmist deals with is found right here in the beginning of this, and that is self-centeredness. Brother Scotty, where'd you get that out of that? Well, let's look at it. What he says is, come in, Get your mind off of everything else except the greatness of our God. That is the starting place. When we come in and listen, I know how I'm just, I have problems just like you do. 
I deal with situations just like you do. But when we come in here on Wednesday night or when we come in here on Sunday morning or when you get up and you're, you know, you're thinking, Brother Scotty told me I'm supposed to say, thank you, Jesus. I'm blessed and highly favored. But I, I'm, you know what? And you, you, instead of doing that, you begin to give all of your thought, all of your focus, all of your attention to how bad it is and the report that you got and the last word that somebody spoke over you and you don't know how you're going to get out of that. Let me ask you, and I'm just speaking from experience. There have been times when I realized I have spent an hour doing that and it never helped me one bit. I never figured anything out. I ended up right back where I started. But if I will get my mind off of my problem, get my mind off of myself, watch this, and center it on the greatness of my God, I am starting in the right direction. There's a divine pattern, I believe, here in Psalm 95 that is just incredible. The greatest enemy, listen, of worship is self-centeredness. In fact, let me take that a little bit further. Well, you know what? I would get up there with that crazy preacher. I see him up there on Sundays in his cowboy boots dancing and jumping around. And I'd do that, but you know what? I'm so, what would somebody think of me? Don't worry about what they're thinking about you. Listen, they're not thinking anything about you. They're wondering what you're thinking about them. Everybody's worried what everybody's thinking about them, and then every other person's thinking about what he's thinking about them. Y'all understand what I'm saying tonight? You getting where I am? Amen. Self-centeredness. When we, listen, when we come to God in this way with praise and thanksgiving, our vision becomes focused on God. And as long as we are all wrapped up in ourselves and our own problems and the things that are going on all around us, we are not in a position to worship God like we should. And so that's, that's, that's an important aspect of that. So not only does he come in, he say, come in with loud, exuberant praise. But he also says the reason that we do this is because God is great and he is awesome. And then thirdly, in verses six and seven, he says, I want to give you an attitude of worship. Everybody say attitude. attitude. Boy, how many of you raised children or had kids? Don't you give me that attitude. I mean, you know, the kind where you can see they may be doing what you say on the outside, but boy, on the inside, they are bowed up. Attitude. Everybody say attitude. Attitude. He gives us the attitude. And look at it. Let's look at what it says. It says, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Oh, that attitude of God. You are great. You are awesome. I mean, I see creation and I think, God, I mean, look, was today beautiful or what? I mean, I, I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking, God, you're incredible. Look, look at this. Look at, look at all that you've done. Look at the blue sky and all of these things. And, and in that moment, there should come. And at some point, as we move into loud, exuberant praise and worship, and as we extol the greatness of our God, it's almost like sometimes I'll look and see tears coming down somebody's face. And it's not tears of depression. It is tears of the attitude of how good God is. Of, I've, I've got to kneel before him. Come let us worship. Let us kneel down. What's it say? Come let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Now, let me make a couple of points here. Why is this so important? 
Why in this hour are these things, and why is the psalmist doing this? I'll tell you why. Worship sets us apart as God's people. It is not how you dress or don't dress. It's not how you wear your hair or don't wear your hair. It's not whether you wear makeup or don't wear makeup that sets you apart. Our worship is what sets us apart as the people of God, the God that we worship. I mean, I'm trying not to preach Sunday morning. I feel it coming on me. Worship sets us apart as God's people. Listen, the reason given for worshiping is for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. When we worship, what we're doing is saying, God, I belong to you. Watch this, spirit, soul, and body. I am yours and I am set apart for you. Set apart for your divine purpose. And let me say this. I'm trying not to preach Sunday morning. Let me. This is going to become more and more important as the last days are increasing. Who, what God are you going to identify with? What God will you worship? Which God is going to be your God? Some generic God out there floating around, you know, that nobody can, it's like trying to nail jello to the wall. We are the worshipers of Jehovah Jireh. We are the worshipers of El Shaddai. We are the worshipers of Jehovah God. Can I get an amen on this Wednesday night crowd? Worship sets us apart as God's people. That's what he says, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture. Now, here is something that I want to insert here about getting your eyes off of yourself, getting your eyes off of everything that seems so big in your life and entering into worship. And you know, that's the great thing about music. How many of you found that when you come in here, you're like, if you're like me, you have, that when the worship band's going and everything's going, it's easier to enter into worship than when you're by yourself and you're thinking about it. Music helps you enter in. It's like, all right, yeah, man, I'm boom, but doom, da 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 ba boo. We're just grooving, and I'm, I don't know what I'm doing, but anyway, we're we're getting it on, and that's 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 awesome. Why? Wow, that helps you enter into that. It helps you get over that stuff. It helps you get past it. But here's what I've discovered: when we get our eyes off of ourselves and we begin to worship God, by making God the priority focus in your life. The things you need will be attracted to you. I believe that worshipers are a favor magnet. Man. What does that, I mean, let's, let's, it's just another way, another way of phrasing seek first the kingdom of God, put him first, worship a priority, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not my own, that, his righteousness, the righteousness that is only given by grace, and all these shall be, say to me. They'll be added to me. You need to start saying it that way. 
I got to say it again. By making God the priority focus in your life, the things you need will be attracted to you. Let's make a confession together tonight. Everybody say, I am a favor magnet. You attract the favor of God. Boy. Hallelujah. By worshiping God, we declare by that act just who our God is. Worship sets us apart as God's people. Not only that, but worship, listen, is our appropriate response to God's tender love and care for us. You find that in verse 7 when it says, we are the flock under his care. That tender, loving God, we're under his care. He loves us. He, He cares about us. And man, that, you know, when you know somebody loves you, Oh, my. You just get all buttered up. I mean, it's Valentine's week this week. Come on now. Some of you guys better know what's Valentine's. Amen. <laughs> Ladies, too, of course. Amen. But when you know that you're loved, you respond to that. That's why you got to know the character of God. That's why teaching about who God is is important. Some people never respond to God in worship because they've been improperly taught about his character. They don't know he's good. They don't know he's loving. They don't know how much he cares for them and how much his grace is available to them. They haven't understood how good God is and just how much he loves them. Oh, I read today where God said, you're the apple of my eye. Say it with me tonight. Thank you, Lord. I am. We are the apple of your eye. When you know that, you respond. It's not hard to worship and bow down because you know, my goodness, his eyes on me. He's looking at me. He loves me. Worship sets us apart as God's people, but worship is also our appropriate response to God's tender love and care for us. When it says in verse 7, we are, in the NIV it says, we are the flock under his care. God's looking out for us. So we're declaring who our God is. And uh, not only that, but you know, there's some good things that happen as we do what it says in Psalm 95. Now I like to reverse engineer this. He goes on to say, because you didn't, here's what's going to happen. Well, if I can reverse engineer that and say, when we do that, here's what does happen. Can you, does that, that make sense? This is, and this is awesome. This is so important. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to only keep you about another five or ten minutes, and we're going to have this, have this imparted to you tonight. But he says, today, if you will hear his voice. So as we worship and as we declare who God is, here is a byproduct of that. We hear the voice of God. Amen. Let me tell you, a lot of times the reason that some of us feel like we don't ever hear from God is because we spend so much time seeking and looking and hearing and listening to everything else except him. And here, I tell you what, I have very rarely ever, ever truly made myself, and man, they get in here on Sunday morning and I begin to worship him. And I'll tell you, God starts speaking. And the next thing you know, I'm already, I'm getting ready to preach on Sunday morning. And what's this? God's giving me something to preach the next Sunday. A word gets into my heart. A word comes alive because as we worship, God speaks. He said, you'll hear my voice. 
you'll hear my voice. Let's look at it. What happens is this. We begin to have in his presence. Everybody say in his presence. An inner rest, a peace, and a tranquility. You know, there have been plenty of times, and I'm just like you. I come in, and I'm dealing with all kind of stuff, and I've had all kind of issues. But, you know, as I begin to worship, and the presence of the Lord begins to just rise, and God's Spirit just begins to permeate this place, there will not be one thing different about the situation I'm facing except the fact that now I've got peace about it. And I'm relaxed and tranquil. Because in His presence... In his presence, there's that peace. And I hear his voice. And he's speaking. And that's not just for preachers. In that attitude, watch this and this. In that attitude of worship, we can hear God's voice in a way that we can never hear when we are taken up with ourselves and our own problems and our own situations. One of the essential things about worship is focusing on the Lord, turning away from ourself, watch this, and almost getting to the place where you merge your identity in Him. If any man, he says, Brother Scotty, that's weird. That's the New Testament. That's Paul. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I mean, I'm just so in him, I begin to listen. And here's what happens. My perspective changes. I see things the way I've never seen them before. I have understanding that I haven't had before. I have revelation that I haven't had before. And then he begins to speak to my heart. What's this? And you need to get this, church. And I begin to think, you know what? I can go out from this place and I can be a God encounter getting ready to happen for somebody else. Listen, where, and I, I'm challenging all of you to begin, to begin to do this. I heard a story just recently about somebody that said, in fact, it was today. And, and Brother Chuck was telling me, and he didn't. He wasn't telling me this for his glory. He was telling me this because of, because of uh, uh, what ha- what is happening in this house right now. And he said, you know, he was, he was someplace ministering, and and he said, you know, it's a little awkward for him. He's a guy. He's a military guy, military background. You know, and it was a little awkward for him. But he said he felt like the Holy Spirit said, and this was an older, older lady, and she was in bad health. But the Lord said, hug her, give her a hug. And he was kind of reluctant, you know, a little bit. And but he said, you know, he obeyed that. And he said, I went over and I hugged her. And he said, when I hugged her, he said, she began to cry. And you know what she said? She said, it's been so long since somebody hugged me and was affectionate to me. You just don't know what that means. You are the hands and feet of Jesus looking for a place to happen. Obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Make somebody's day. Turn somebody's life around. But here's the thing. Now, let's go back. As long as I'm only always centered on myself, I won't be listening to what God's telling me to do about somebody else. Man, I, I had something happen to me yesterday, and, I, and, and it doesn't surprise me because I'm, I'm telling you the whole way to this place I was going. 
I'm just doing what I'm telling you. I started saying, I'm blessed and highly favored because the lamb has overcome. Lord, I thank you that I'm blessed and highly favored. I thank you. Thank you that the families of Life Church are blessed and highly favored. And I got in this drive-thru, and it was good, healthy food. Amen, Miss Vivian. Praise the Lord. I got to get that in. It was. It was a place I had to go to. And uh, it was not just not as inexpensive as some of the other places, but I got in line. I made my order. They got up there and they said, you don't owe us anything. I said, what are you talking about? They said, the person, there was a lady in front of you. And she said to tell you, she didn't have any idea who you are, but she felt like she was supposed to pay for your food. <laughs> Somebody say, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm going to tell you, you need to, you mean, you need to make that, you know, I mean, I'm telling you, brother Stanley, the blessing and the favor of God's on you, brother. And all over this city, wherever you go, people are looking, they're looking to do things to help you and, and to speak into your life because you know what? I know you, you're looking for, you're listening to the voice of almighty God. You're hearing his voice and you're obedient in that you're reaching out to make a difference in other people's lives. Brother, you're a favor magnet. I said, you a favor magnet. And so are you, church. It's about, but you know, honestly, it's really to where his presence is so powerful, we just get lost in him. I mean, I'm just so focused on him that I'm lost in him. Because you cannot fully follow Jesus if you don't hear his voice. What did he say? He said, my sheep and the voice of another, they're not going to follow. You got to get into the presence of the Lord. As you get into the presence of the Lord in worship, you hear his voice. I believe that worship is the appointed way to come into an attitude and relationship where we are able to hear God's voice. And then we enter into his rest because worshiping and hearing God's voice bring us into a rest that is not possible any other way. And only those who know how to worship can really enjoy the rest of God. And here, let me say this, especially in the United States, Everybody say, uh-oh. Rest is very, and I'm not, when I say rest, I'm not talking about laziness. Rest and laziness are two different things. I'll be honest with you. I'm just telling you, my personality, the way I am, I have a hard time ever taking a nap. You can ask my family. Boy, it's just because, <sighs> but as I've gotten older and as I've learned some things, I've had to learn how to, how to, how to take a Sabbath a little bit. I've got to. Listen, if God took a Sabbath, maybe we ought to think about it sometimes too. That's a God thing. But in America, rest is very rare among Americans. I'll tell you why. Because they're restless and nervous. Which is the exact opposite of what happens when you get in the presence of God. And so as Americans, it's something we're going to have to be deliberate about. Now, you know, let's, I tell you what, let me, let me sum it up. Good gracious. <laughs> I start having so much fun, and it's, and, but I've got to stop. Let me tell you, worship affects our surroundings. Worship affects cities. Worship affects nations. Worship affects families. I'm going to close with this, uh, but in, if you look at Genesis chapter one, just a couple of verses I want to point out to you, and I want to show you something. 
We are create. How many of you, how many, I know everybody in here tonight, I don't think there's any doubters. How many of you would agree with me that we are created in the image of God? And as people who are created in the image of God, we are going to flourish in a certain atmosphere. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, you can look and, and, and you can read it. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out full form and void. But then on the, as the creation now began to, begin to happen and begin to take place, you'll notice that God made fish to flourish in water. You ever heard the saying, a fish out of water? A believer out of worship. Is like a fish out of water. We are created by God to flourish in the atmosphere, watch this, of His presence. Naomi, we were born to dwell in the presence of the Lord. Created us. God made fish to dwell in water. He made birds to fly in the air. He made plants to grow out of the soil and out of the ground. But let's look. Let me, let me flip over there and just look at a couple of these verses, and then we're going we're gonna to go tonight. But uh, and this, is, this, is so, this is so awesome. Verse 26 of chapter 1, this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, and he said, I'm going to give you dominion. Amen. And, of course, he blessed them, and it went on. And, and, uh, and then in verse uh, 15 of chapter 2, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. Who walked in the garden? Whose presence was in the garden? But now look now at verse, at chapter 3. And let's watch at what happens when the fellowship is broken. Something interesting in verse 8 of chapter 3. They heard the sound. <laughs> what did I tell you Sunday? God's always going to have a sound. The generation that experiences the move of God is going to have a sound. It's going to have a sound to it. Be distinct and clear. There's going to be a sound. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. And what was the result? When you get out of the presence of the Lord, when you hide yourself from the presence of the Lord, when you no longer dwell in that atmosphere of the presence of the Lord, you, you, you move into an atmosphere that is not marked by life but is marked by death. You move into an atmosphere that is not marked by flourishing but by failure. You move into an atmosphere that is not marked by uh, prosperity but by poverty. And I'm not talking about material things. This thing. I'm talking about in all areas of our life. The presence of God brings flourishing with it. Man, I am preaching better than you or amen in tonight. Somebody needs to get all excited. Because everything God created had an environment. And in the right environment, watch this. Whatever it was, it thrived and it flourished, including man. 
The environment man flourished in was the presence of God. Why? Because in the presence of God, watch this. Man knew he was creative. He knew he was brilliant. He knew he was confident. He knew he was loving. And the reason I know that is because he was so smart that God brought every animal to him and said, what do you want to name it? He, I mean, he was in charge. He was confident. He was having dominion. He was ruling and reigning. But his confidence and his brilliance and all the creativity that he needed got uh, uh, birthed in him and, and f- thrived in him from dwelling in the atmosphere of the presence of Almighty God. Boy, what's in you that has yet to be brought forth and revealed, but can be as we worship, as we keep Him our focus, as we allow His Spirit to move What's in us yet that is yet to be birthed? This is a season of great birthing. I said it's a season of great birthing. Ideas, businesses, ministries. I'm talking deliverances. Things that people haven't seen or experienced yet. I say they're on the way. Mm. And it's going to be glorious. And it's glorious already. I got to stop. Hallelujah. Okay. Glory to God. But I'll close with this. <laughs> you see one more example around this. Israel, as they traveled, they camped around the presence of God. The tabernacle of Moses was in the middle. The Ark of the Covenant was in there, and the camp surrounded. There's a divine pattern there. The presence of God was to be at the center, the focal point. Israel thrived and flourished as they camped around the presence of God. And I tell you what, you and I, we're going to thrive and we're going to flourish and we're going to see things that, uh, that we've never seen before. We're going to experience things. I'm repeating myself, I know. But we need to recognize His presence. What's this? In everything we do. And I am, I am asking for us as a church and as individuals to do like Israel. Build our life around Him. Build my life around Him. Uh, around His voice. Around His movements around his presence, and around his friendship. Amen. Thanks again for listening to Life Church of Mobile's podcast. If you would like to find out more about our church, you can visit us at lifechurchmobile.com.